Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Tenet Talk, a podcast for contractors. We share the information and quick answers you need on construction technology related to equipment fleet operations and management for your business. This mini-series is hosted by Four Construction Pros. Hi, my name is Kurt Brennick, and I'm the senior editor with Equipment Today magazine. Today, we will be discussing how to fit an equipment management system into your technology ecosystem. Today, my guests are Russ Young with Tenna and Karen Werfel with KLW Corp. Both guests have backgrounds in construction and construction technology, which gives them a relatable yet unique perspective of construction technology consumers. Russ came into the construction technology space at Tenna and FMI from the technology side of Google and Oracle. Karen is a senior operations technology executive and leader who has spent her entire career in the construction industry. Prior to starting her own consulting company, she spent most of her career as the CIO of JF White Contracting Company, a heavy civil construction company based in Boston, Massachusetts. She has an extensive ERP and acquisition integration experience. Today, our guest will discuss the value of construction integrations and how a mature and connected technology ecosystem improves the lives of those in the construction industry. Russ, let's start with you. Today, we'll be covering construction technology integrations. Why do contractors care about this topic? Uh, Yeah, it's an important question. I would say there's a couple really big reasons, Kurt. The first one is they're spending a fair amount of money on technology. Either if they felt it wasn't available, they were building it, or they were buying some enterprise software, or they're doing the rent model with some of the SaaS construction technology out there. And what has happened in these early days of moving from a paper process to a digital process with this technology They've created some, what I would call data islands, where they don't have a single source of truth either in their ERP or some are using business intelligence systems, but they have these data living in all these different places and it's very frustrating. So they have all this data, but it's very hard to make quick, actionable insights. And so these integrations allow you to have a single source of truth and all that data living in one spot. The other place I would say it's important is frustration in the field and that they feel like they have to do dual or even triple data entry. And they feel like they have to learn multiple systems instead of single simplified systems. So those two big issues, both from the office perspective and from the field perspective, are certainly the industry is actively trying to solve right now. Yeah. And I would say there are integrations that have become available for our industry But unfortunately, most construction companies don't really have the resources or the time to keep up with what's going on. Construction is notorious for having low IT budgets, and most companies don't have a dedicated CIO or some strategizing person, and their IT departments are really busy just servicing their users. That also coupled with the fact that these big ERPs and accounting systems were installed 10, some of them even 20 years ago. When the integrations weren't available, they don't really have the resources to keep up with what is available now and to take advantage of it. Integrations can be a confusing topic at times. What are some types of construction technology integrations and why are they important and valuable for contractors? 
I'm from the tech side, so I have the history of the other industries coming into construction. I think Karen has awesome thoughts on what this really means to construction day in and day out. But I would start with, think about what is your single source of truth? Instead of having all these data silos, I think as you're looking at technology and what data you're going to care about and what you want to capture that allows you to make your business more efficient, think about where you want that to live. I think most folks today we see are thinking of the ERP as their single source of truth. Some folks are looking more on the project operations project management side of, of things as well, sort of as a single source of truth. And then some folks are putting in a separate sort of business intelligence system where all of this would live. What's important, I would say, is that everybody needs to agree. I think as Karen was touching on, we're in an industry that thinks about putting on fires each day and getting the project delivered. And when you look at big companies that are enterprise-wide with projects all over the country, it's important to do that work that everybody understands what we're measuring and why, and where's that data going to live and how are we going to access it? How are we going to trust it? And doing that initial work and then figuring out the integrations that make sense. It's a step of the homework I would never recommend skipping. <laughs> yeah, agreed. As far as real life experiences on the integration and where it's going to make a big change, the first and foremost would be increasing your productivity and reducing your risk. And both of those pretty much happen at the same time. I think all of us have seen it in the past 10, 15 years. The most common example is integrating field payroll systems. You used to have a system where a superintendent fills out a paper timesheet and then an admin enters that information. That integration of those field payroll system has dramatically changed that and made it more accurate, less risk for wrong payment, and increased the productivity of both the payroll department and the superintendents. But on the equipment side, what we've seen is we actually have companies that are now integrating their equipment location transfers. So the productivity in their accounting departments for producing bills to build their jobs for equipment usage or even outside clients for equipment usage has dramatically increased. Also, another one is equipment readings where the superintendent used to have to take the time out and none of them, this wasn't ever one of their favorite tasks to take the equipment readings and then populate them in a log or even in a field product, and then somebody had to import that information. Well, we get those meter readings integrated into your ERP systems to get an accurate account of what the equipment has done. The other part, besides the increase in productivity and reducing risk, would be measuring KPIs. I think Russ talked about before your source of truth being your ERP. A lot of companies are creating these KPI dashboards or even a one page or just to see how you're doing. And most of them come from either the ERP or maybe a data warehouse. But getting the information in there, if it's not, there's such a lag if it's manually done that by the time the information gets in there, it's stale and it's old. And these integrations have greatly improved and allow these companies to use KPIs and much better reporting systems. I love that point, Karen, in there. I guess it blows my mind a little bit that we're in a world now where people have gotten pretty good now utilizing technology to understand labor and project costs. Equipment that you mentioned, where Tenna plays, is one where the, they haven't taken advantage of the tech or the integrations there much. Uh, I think because some of that tech and integration is still new and they don't, they don't know the tools are available. But it's interesting, we still see folks that just throw a 20% number on their projects for equipment. 
right? Yeah. And that, that just goes out the door. And they're like, gosh, I hope we hit that. Mm-hmm. And in a, a world where 6% margin is considered okay, having that variability and that lack of knowledge about your equipment costs is absolutely the difference between whether a project is profitable or not. And it's a huge impact. So one, actually knowing what your equipment is truly costing you and then making it actionable by having the integrations and having that flow into your single source of truth, be it the ERP or BI, it is so important in what is actually a pretty thin margin business. Yeah. And I a hundred percent agree. And I also, there's two sides to look at this. If you look at it from an equipment manager's perspective, they're looking at getting better information for their PL and maintaining their equipment. So they're going to have a better equipment fleet and they're going to maintain their PL and know what's available for the field to use. And then from the field's perspective, as you said, with these 6% margins on projects, it used to be that labor was their big risk item. And I think we've got a pretty good control on labor and cost coding now with because of the integrations of these systems. So the next step is to start to control the equipment is probably your next highest risk item. Labor is probably the most important thing. Our people are probably our biggest asset at these companies, to be sure. And what's interesting is that equipment is now maybe, the, as Karen was saying, the next biggest cost that we need to get better control of, right? And that's kind of the big thing of of why we need these integrations, to be sure. What's also interesting is that simplicity actually makes the labor more productive. Without these integrations, not only do you have this lack of productivity that erodes the bottom line, what we're also seeing is maybe a frustration in the field. You now have a new, in in a labor war, or I, I should say in an industry that has a labor shortage, now that we're competing for these folks in their 20s and 30s that don't look as at tech as tech, right? It used to be People were going to construction to avoid a laptop, but now everybody has a cell phone in their pocket, right? Everybody knows how to use Uber or buy something off Amazon. And when they come into construction, they are incredibly frustrated that they have three or four or five different technology that have to use. Some of them homegrown that makes the onboarding of folks in construction very difficult, and it leads to dissatisfaction and people leaving companies. So what's funny is that getting better on your equipment cost and integrating this and making it simple for your users not only does the main objective of understanding your equipment costs and allowing you to action on that, but it makes your labor force much more happy and excited to work at your company. It makes the onboarding quicker, the recruiting better. That's an ancillary benefit. But really, when you think of labor as being so important, managing equipment helps your labor force. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. The next question is basically, how have contractors succeeded when integrating construction technologies and software systems? What are some of the keys to success? I guess we've seen it break into levels in the industry. Level one is where there's really no digital process. This is a a construction company where they are managing their equipment on a whiteboard and they might have sticky notes on a whiteboard and using an Excel spreadsheet. And you might have an equipment manager actually just using their phone to call around to see where their equipment is and what project is on. And we can see that as level one. There's obviously a ton of lost revenue in that world. hundred stories you could tell there, right, Kurt, of where that hurts utilization, it hurts maintenance, preventative maintenance, all that stuff. And and I would say there's maybe 10 or 15% of the market that we see that's kind of there. And, And then you have what we call level two, which is folks that are 
going into digitization. They have some process there, but they tend to have more of a system of systems, meaning like maybe they have one or two systems in place for, for, for their heavy iron. They might have a system or two in place for their stuff that's on the road, their low boys, their F-150s, et cetera. And then all their tools, they might have systems in place for their tools. And then you look at things like you know, everything from trench boxes to generators to cranes to scissor lifts. And they have this sort of hodgepodge that don't talk to each other very well. And then definitely are very tough to talk to the ERP as well. So that kind of hits directly to the two things we were saying. You don't really know what your equipment costs are and you have a frustrated labor force. And then you have level three, which is where everybody's trying to get to today where you have one unified system for equipment management that then ties into your ERP and project operations. One single source of truth, one system to learn, one single source of, of data without siloed data. We call that level three, and that's where you need to get. And I would say we're seeing probably 10 to 15% at sort of this level one, a huge part of the industry right now at this level two, like seeing the benefits of digitizing a process, but not tying it all together yet. And then level is probably 1% of the industry right now. And that's where they're probably utilizing business intelligence and having everything flow into a separate system, executive dashboarding, project management dashboarding with all true trusted data, where you've actually nailed down those KPIs, as well as what we, we call the APIs. How are you getting that data into one spot and trusting it? And then this leads into the an effective use on, on the hardware side as well, as you think about autonomous equipment, like autonomous bulldozers or self-driving trucks or drones or robotics and assistive devices that are all coming down the pike and you have to get all this right. I'd say you can't build the roof till you build the structure kind of a play here that you, you kind of, you can't skip from level one to level four. And so what we see out in the industry right now, the sort of race to get to level three and the race probably intensified because of a couple of things like COVID was one of those where paper-driven processes became not just just difficult, but maybe impossible in the world of COVID. And then, of course, as you see things like the infrastructure bill coming into play that will drive a lot more money in the industry, but can also dangerously drive down margins. So how do you play in that game where there's more money out there, but you got to get a little more diligent about managing your margins? So we see all those coming in. And then I think, Karen, when you think about the different categories here, whether it's risk or productivity or security and all those things that actually lead into the financial benefits, everybody's starting to really, you know, I guess, get a better understanding on that. Right. And I think I like the four levels and I, I could probably say that I've worked with companies at each of the levels at one time or another. <laughs> um, you know, most of my experience with JF White was, I would say I was very fortunate to work with our VP of equipment who was very, very intent on building an equipment management system where he could see his cost, where he had visibility. He took it very seriously and he put the resources into building a system that was the best that he could have at that time. Now, when we did, that was probably 10, 15 years ago and the integrations weren't available. So he was definitely, we would have been a level two. We were a company that was not pen and paper. Everything was electronic in some fashion that could be, but we worked in uh, totally separate silos. And our integration consisted of us creating ODBC connections with Excel files and spending time creating this paper, automated Excel and, and Microsoft Access to SQL, et cetera, things like that to make up for the integrations that weren't available in the industry. One of the benefits I see with these integrations is when I've worked with these companies to install Tenor or to integrate Tenor with an ERP, 
one of the positives that really comes out of it is I see equipment companies with multiple equipment databases. They might have an equipment database in their accounting system, and then the equipment manager has something else that they're dispatching equipment with, whether it's a dispatching program or a spreadsheet. And then somebody else has an equipment list. The job site has equipment list that they're working out of. And it's amazing to me that there's not one global list. And one of the great benefits of working to put these integrations in is that you end up with one good equipment list that everybody can have access to. And that benefit alone is huge for a company. So it was cool for me to go back to that company when I showed them what was available in Tenna now. And the first thing that he said to me was, 10 years ago, I wish I had this technology because he put his heart and soul into building everything block by block because it wasn't available in the industry. So it was really cool for him to see what has become available. Level one, I have a funny story for a level one candidate. I was working at this company and we came in the morning. I won't say who was. And (laughs) (laughs) the buzz was all around the trailers, which is where we were working out of, that the police had called because they found a company-owned vehicle. And when they looked into it, the police had found a company-owned vehicle and wanted to know what they should do and why it was there. The vehicle had been missing for two weeks. And nobody even knew it. And and the poor equipment manager who took the heat for the whole thing, this was a company that was working everything off of paper and on his paper, it said it was at a job site and a job site, it said it was back at the yard, et cetera, et cetera. You know how that story goes. So you could see the equipment manager's frustration working at a level one when they're responsible for all this information and they're responsible for knowing where things are and they're responsible for getting the right equipment to the job so they can be productive and yet they have no visibility to where things actually actually are and what needs to be maintained and what's broken and what's not broken. Oh, that's brilliant, Karen. That's a great story. And there's a million of them, right, Kurt? Where And Karen has so many of them. There's the stuff that's stolen you hear about left and right. Some of the stories I've heard are interesting at level one and at level two, where you'll be at a larger project and you'll hear this sort of horror story of someone goes and rents a piece of equipment that is actually not being totally underutilized on the other side of the same project. Right. That left hand not knowing what the right hand's doing because you're either a paper processor or you have a system of systems that don't talk to each other, aren't yeah. integrated. And you can see this, not only all that money wasted, or another big one is we hear where equipment might be utilized more than they realized. It goes past the preventative maintenance and it breaks down. And instead of spending the, the dime on preventative maintenance, now they're spending a dollar fixing it as well as slowing down their project, keeping laborers idle, waiting for the equipment to be fixed. It's a massive amount of money. And then because of this lack of integration in the industry today, they don't even know it. You get back, this drives all the way back to the, we're just throwing a 20% number on there for equipment. Gee, I hope that's right. And at the end of our project, maybe they don't even know. Interestingly enough, what I do see almost across the board, I would say probably eight out of 10 companies that I speak with is you have a CFO who's frustrated because the equipment's being underreported from the field, their costs are so high. So what they do is they make some type of an allocation, which I've seen in many various interesting forms, but primarily it consists of either monthly, quarterly, 
they're throwing whatever that loss was back at the jobs randomly. And, yeah. and this is frustrating on both on all accounts because this is frustrating from the accounting and the executive side because they really have this kind of hole where they have this couple, could be a couple million dollars. And it's really frustrating from the project manager side who just finished their monthlies or quarterlies and thought they were making X amount of dollars and then just get hit with $120,000 equipment allocation on their job. It sounds like there's a lot of different levels of integration and capabilities out there. Where do you see integration capabilities going in the future? I would say that in the future, we're going to see more folks going after that level four uh, play, right? Right now we see the industry in a mad rush to get from level one and level two to level three, which is what needs to happen. I think that's the, the, the lion's share of really where we start making better margins and knowing or understanding our equipment better. And, uh, but I think in the future, you're, you're going to see more folks thinking about business intelligence, I guess is what I'd say. And once you actually have all of your data in one spot, it's actionable. Then you start thinking, now you've graduated from putting out fires every day to maybe preventing fires, right? And I think once they do this, now you can think about things like predictive analytics, right? Not only are you not putting out a fire each day, but now you have the data where you can go, hey, by the way, you're probably going to have this fire in two weeks, right? And we're seeing the folks that are doing this well, not only, I would say, managing by exception, but also now you're allowing somebody that's an equipment manager to have a much, much bigger seat at the table. They're absolutely helping drive revenue and additional margin into a project. And they are also able to supply much better information about bidding and estimating, winning work better, winning the projects that make them more money. And so having those sort of predictive analytics available, which today sounds like science fiction, but I'll tell you two, three, four years from now, it's not going to be science fiction anymore. And I think that's where the future is going to be, where the equipment manager is less of a putting out fire kind of a role and much more about truly generating true margin for the business. Yeah. I promote at Job Startup as part of the Job Startup SOP that you have your equipment division sitting with you and you have an equipment schedule. And we promote that now. And a lot of companies do that because as Russ just said, that it makes a big difference if you're planning your equipment needs. What am I going to rent? What am I going to buy? Particularly something expensive like a crane. I had a New York DEP job that I walked into my COO's office at about eight o'clock at night and said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm making a $6 million decision. I got to decide, am I going to rent these cranes or am I going to buy these cranes? And those kind of decisions, as Russ said, that to have the data available to you to make better informed decisions are a huge moneymaker for a job or, or a huge loss on a job. I think it's great. People want to build these KPI dashboards now, but unfortunately, I've had experience where you've created the dashboards, got them all together, put together these queries to build them. And the information is just no good. And when you start delving into it and start talking to the people and saying, if I talk to a CFO and say, why isn't the revenue for the company correct on this dashboard? And she might say to me, I use a side spreadsheet. So until we get all that information integrated into one spot, these KPI dashboards aren't going to be really worthwhile. Yeah, that's a phenomenal point. Yeah, I think what Karen's saying from the CFO's perspective, this, these are all things that 
it's almost shocking that we don't know today, right? Trying to run a construction company without having that knowledge. One thing I'd add for the more techies on the call, Kurt, is we're seeing integrations become, I guess I'd say general trend becoming easier to use, right? As everybody's going from paper to digital processes, you have some of the older construction tech systems that are more what you might call closed architecture. But two trends we're seeing are much more open architecture, open APIs, and the like to pass these data back and forth. And then we're also, and I've seen this in other industries as they matured and moved to a digital process. The other one is what's called iPaaS, which is an integration platform as a service, big fancy word. But the point is, instead of having all these point-to-point integrations, they can become a little bit of a management headache, right? Tena integrates into Procore, Tena integrates into Vista, right? And then everybody has their own tech stack and they have all these point-to-point integrations. But if you have, we're evolving into more of a hub and a spoke model where you have sort of one integration to rule them all, where it's really making people's lives easier and much less of a headache as we go from build to buy to rent. And that's where the industry is trending. As you get into this rent and open architecture system, making these things integrate is getting easier easier all the time, which is just great news for the whole industry. Yeah, that's a good point, Russ, because one of the things we didn't really touch on are what integrations are. And I think when you talk to a construction owner or a construction executive, sometimes they are sold packages that say they're integrated and they're not exactly sure what an integration is. Is an integration a manual import? Is it a custom integration that their IT department works with the vendor to put it in there? We've seen all different flavors of it. And I think what we're seeing now are true integrated models where it shouldn't be, the onus shouldn't be on the construction company to have their IT department build something. They should just be able to plug it in and it should work. Yeah, 100%. That's a great point. We, we see a lot of confusion out in the industry of what does integration even mean? And Karen, obviously working with the big ERP construction platforms, obviously you've seen every flavor of what an integration can mean from simple single sign-on all the way to fully integrated data flow and, and everything in between. But you're right. Some folks think that importing stuff into an Excel spreadsheet is an integration, right? I certainly think of integration more of it should be more productized and simple and updates itself as you go. So you don't have to babysit these things. And that's where the industry is going more of when you download an app on your iPhone, it just works, right? And yes, it integrates, right? And that's where Mm -hmm. the industry needs to get to where these things are simple. And back to the labor point, that's what these new people entering the market in their twenties and thirties, that's the expectation. There's a huge frustration. If you go into an industry like construction, that is still manually importing into Excel spreadsheets. You see a lot of frustration of people that are used to just buying things on Amazon or just ordering an Uber. And that's the expectation of of what you might call business technology today that we really need to get to and get there quickly. Right. From what I hear from the users, particularly the field users, they want it available. They want it easy. They don't want a complex legacy type system that they have to key into. They want something as easy as their phone. It sounds like we really are striving to try to get a single source of accurate information. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with before we close out? Yeah. One more thing I would add that is if as folks get to level three, one ancillary benefit we're really seeing that's a huge one is once you're 
managing your equipment and actually know your costs, we're seeing a real capex win for, for the CFO and giving them a bigger seat at the table. Imagine, look at a $100 million AR heavy civil company, for example, and they probably have between 25 and 30 million invested in equipment, right? I'm not talking about project costs. I'm just talking about the capex expense in, in all of their equipment. It's a big number. And once you manage that correctly, instead of just thinking the value of your company is owning equipment, instead thinking of the value of your company is how many projects can you deliver at what margin, and that's where you really make money, is when you manage this stuff, now you can actually free up CapEx. Like you can get the same amount of work done or more work done better, more quickly at better margins with $5 million less invested in equipment. You know, what would you do with that new liquid capital, like where would you invest that? What would what would you what could you turn that five million of freed up capital into if it's not sitting around in your yard, not being being underutilized? So I think that's where there's a big win is if you spend the time to to get to level three, if you will. That it, it you're not solving a hundred thousand dollar question, you're solving a multiple million dollar problem that's across all of construction right now. That that's a great point, Russ, and that. In addition to that 25 to $30 million, you're looking at the productivity and the efficiency of an equipment division that is going to restructure itself so that their resources, which is their personnel, can take the time spending the time on those important decisions rather than trying to push paper around and get accurate countings on equipment and meter readings and things like that. They're spending time really where they should be. Yeah, exactly right. And back to the timing on this, Kurt, that you know we've been talking about today. As you think about us coming out of COVID and you think about things like the infrastructure bill coming out, maybe the closest thing we can tie that to is maybe 2009, 2010 timeframe, right? Although this probably is also a bit unique as well. But what's happening is all this additional money flowing in to horizontal construction that we're all going to start seeing is typically awesome news, right? But it also is, if you look historically, what happens when these things happen, they kill off the weak companies, right? The ones that aren't managing well and aren't protecting their margins, a lot of players flow in. So yeah, there's an opportunity to win a lot, but you have to be maniacal about protecting your margins and chasing the right projects. And equipment is one of the last frontiers to get right and save those millions of dollars so that you can not only win these projects, but make sure you make a bunch of money delivering them. So it's one of those, uh, the time is now uh, kind of plays. Thank you, Ross and Karen. Thanks for listening to Tenetop. If you enjoyed this episode, visit our website at www.tenet.com to learn how you can know more, control more, and make more with your mixed fleet assets. Join us again next time. Bye-bye.